Thank you very much, uh, Hillary. Let me tell you about American Financing. Uh, American Financing is the uh, place that you can go to reduce your mortgage payments. You can go to get a new mortgage. At, I just got a letter in from somebody who said they got it to 2.75, I think, mortgage. Or you can consolidate your loan and uh, roll in all of the high interest credit card debt that you have and pay a much lower monthly payment and get those that get that monkey off your back you do not want to have high interest uh, credit cards it's only going to get much much worse right now it is fairly easy to get a loan with american financing um, but uh, please do it now it's going to get harder and harder and more expensive it's american financing americanfinancing.net or you can call them at 800-906-2440 they're waiting for your call right now just take 10 minutes while you're thinking about it and see if they can save you a lot of money month after month after month it's americanfinancing.net 800-906-2440 all right thank goodness Stu is out today pat gray is going to be joining me in the program with jordan peterson begins next Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Yesterday, I was supposed to spend about a half an hour with Jordan Peterson, and we just got so engrossed in our conversation that it was about an hour, and then we we wrapped up, and we continued to talk, and the control room finally said, guys, you have to leave the studio. Uh, it was a fascinating conversation with one of the greatest minds alive today. I'm going to go through a few of it. You'll be able to find this uh, whole uh, this whole interview with Jordan Peterson lasts about an hour. Uh, you'll find it on uh, YouTube, available tomorrow on the Glenn Beck YouTube channel, or you can uh, find it right now at the Blaze. But it is—it's fascinating. I was—I was trying to uh, find really because he's a, psychi- a psychologist um, by training, trying to find the psychology behind what's happening to us right now, why we're not standing, why some people are, why. Uh, where does courage come from? Where does this mistaken belief of the collective over the individual, how does that happen? What do we have in common anymore? We're going to cover some of those things with Jordan Peterson in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. All right. Lawn mowing season is upon us. There's nothing like getting on the back of your lawnmower and spending a couple of hours just mowing the lawn. Yeah, well, there is something better than that. Spending maybe half of that time on the back of a lawnmower. And you can do that uh, if you just go to Hustler Turf and find a Hustler mower, a zero-turn mower. Now, zero-turn mowers will cut a football field. The 104-inch will cut a football field. I'm not kidding you. In 10 minutes. It's nuts. Uh, it'll cut your time out uh, on your lawn in about half. And Hustler Turf, you can buy other zero-turn lawnmowers, but these are the people that invented 
the zero-turn lawnmower. They made them for like 50 years for the industry. And finally, somebody said, you know, I bet people would really like this, you know, for their home. And so they started making them for the home, but they're made the same way. So what, what was made to do eight hours every day, six days a week, is now sitting in your garage doing it. You'll never... I'll, I would bet you until they ban the gasoline engine, uh, you'll never buy another lawnmower, maybe for generations. It is a great, tough lawnmower. It's Hustler. Find a Hustler dealership near you and take the hassle-free test drive right now. They'll help you select the lawn, the right lawnmower for your home, your application. Uh, and I encourage you to test drive others and then go to HustlerTurf.com and find a, uh, a Hustler dealer near your, you. It's HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. So yesterday, I spent some time with uh, Jordan Peterson and... If you listen to it, I don't even know if I was clear, um, but we started at a very odd place. He even said, wow, I didn't expect that to be the first question. I talked to him a little bit about UFOs, and uh, he was not aware. We talked about it after the interview. He wasn't aware what the Pentagon is, is saying about UFOs, which is really odd how so many people have missed what's happening with the Pentagon. The Pentagon is now verifying UFOs. They're no longer saying, wow, it was a weather balloon. They're now saying, we can't explain this technology. No one on Earth has this technology. And they're going a step further. We have in our possession extraterrestrial vehicles and materials. What? It, it, is, it is so bizarre. So I started the conversation with why have we always looked to the skies and and seen UFOs? And quite frankly, I would I mean, if let's be honest, if you got up this morning and you turn on the show and I say, and I said to you with audio, uh, this just happened a few minutes ago. I've got to play the audio for you again if you missed it. And it's the president. And he steps up and he's like, and I said, okay, let me translate. Um, he said that just a few minutes ago, he met with a three-headed alien who said he was taking over the world, uh, but he's benevolent. Even if he wasn't benevolent, wouldn't you kind of go, oh, thank God. Seriously, the world is in so much trouble right now. Wouldn't you be relieved if you heard there were aliens and they were coming for us? <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but I believe, oh, thank goodness. I mean, they're, they've got to be smarter than us because they know how to get here. Uh, and maybe they've been here for a long time, you know, so they're not going to eat us. And quite honestly, even if they do make us into soup, I think that would be better than what we got coming. Uh, so we talked to him about that, and 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 the that led us to the the talk of meaning in life. How do we find meaning, and and how important is that? And the idea of redemption. 
Here's the part on redemption from the podcast. One of the first things I ever heard you talk about was relationship uh, in, a, in a kind of abstract way with God and how important uh, the redemptive story is. And uh, I so like the way you approach it because you don't know, or maybe you do and you don't say, but you, you, don't, uh, you don't profess that you are a, a believer, but you understand the importance to humans to be able to start again and have redemption. And we are destroying that now in, in our culture, uh, you know, cancel culture, all of this stuff. It, critical race theory there is no redemption and that is yeah, well one of the things one of the things toxic. you're pointing to is that there's a there's an unrecognized danger of our technology i don't suppose it's entirely unrecognized but you know the miracle of memory is not that we remember the miracle of memory is that we forget Amen. and that we only remember what is necessary and because we can forget, we don't drag the past along with us, right? So we can mm -hmm. get free of the past. Like all you need is three sleepless nights to understand what kind of hell life would be if you couldn't dispense with the past. Because each night when you sleep, you dispense with that day. And and that renews you. And so that, that story of, 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 of descent into the depths and redemption, I mean, that's part of our natural biological rhythm. That's the descent into unconsciousness at night, into deep sleep, and then our reawakening in the morning. And that's associated with solar mythology, with the setting of the sun and the rising of the sun. All that's tangled together, but that definitely does renew us, and it enables us to start afresh in the morning. The problem with technology, a problem with technology, is that it's becoming increasingly difficult to shed our past. And without mm -hmm. that, you can't redeem yourself. And that, that is a mistake. It is a problem because everyone makes mistakes and everyone mistake, makes mistakes all the time. And you might ask yourself, well, why isn't it appropriate for you to be crushed by the weight of your own stupidity, you know, given that it's immense and that you make all sorts of mistakes? Yeah, right. well, no one can live under those conditions. We need to be able to let go and to forget and to forgive. And we all need there that. Is I've seen a uh, I've seen an interview. I think there's there's like four or eight people on Earth that have perfect recollection. And it is it's it's beyond just I remember they feel what they felt on any given day. You can tell them a date. They'll tell you the weather. They'll tell you what they were wearing, what was happening. And I saw an interview with one of them and they became very emotional because they're reliving it. And the people who have that gift or curse, uh, it's a curse. Yeah, some mm. some deal okay with it. The others are just crushed mm. by it. So that led us to interesting places. I, I I didn't want to talk to him about politics because I'm more concerned, really, with. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you with what I do every day and what I say to you every day, how do I, how do I point out the trouble that is ahead? I've been doing this for 20 years and, um, it doesn't seem to really make an impact. Now, maybe it is impact impactful for you, but it doesn't feel like it to me. I, maybe it's because I started with a stupid idea that, you just show people the facts and they'll care. Well, no, because 
nobody believes anything anymore. Nobody knows who to trust, what to trust. We're arguing over actual facts now. I mean, we're so far away from reality. It's like we're watching a cartoon. We, 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 We don't connect with anything anymore. So how do we reconnect? How do we connect that just because there are so many people that don't see the dangers of what they're participating in? You know, it's it's we know this from if you read the Bible, you, you you'll read one page and then three page later, three page later, uh, you'll 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 read the same story and you'll be like, Wait a minute, this just happened to you. How did you not remember that led to your destruction? What is wrong with these people? Well, we know because we're living it now. You just say, well, it's different this time and it's not. So how do we get people to recognize that it's not different this time? It's the same thing, just different clothing like, you know, Nazism. If it comes back, it's it's not going to come back the same way. You know, it's not going to come in with a black, you know, boots and the and the armband and the swastika. I mean, you know, there are some that want that to come back that way. But most likely it's going to come back clothed differently, clothed in in patriotism, clothed in uh, uh, in righteousness and justice and fairness and God and all of that stuff. It always morphs to be able to. Get the most amount of people to go, yeah, that's right. And how do you stand up against it? And Jordan Peterson has been through hell and back. And so I asked him about courage and how do you, how do you stand up? How do you, what is in you that makes you stand up and say, you know what? I, I don't really care what anybody's going to do to me. This is right. And this is wrong. And I'm going to stand up for what I believe is right. Listen to his answer. It's so attractive, right, to identify, to localize malevolence externally. It's so attractive because, first of all, it lets you off the hook. And that's a relief. Mm-hmm. And second, it, if you've identified malevolence, there's nothing you can do to what is malevolent that's unjustifiable. Mm-hmm. And so your worst impulses have free reign. Because you especially if you can also you add to that a good cause. Mm-hmm. You, know, you say, well, this is in the service of the eventual utopia. It's like, well, now you have carte blanche for your worst motivations. And that's very, very dangerous. And so I always think that it's better to to stick to the psychological, which. So here's what I think I want. I was trying to drive at was, you know, you see it in these big movie terms. People see it in big movie terms and you can't move. You know, you're you're either on this side or that side and you can't move and nobody moves. Nobody wants to recognize you know, they're on the wrong side. Nobody's making a case. They're just killing each other. There is a growth of the reluctant hero in all stories. There is this arc of that hero. And they, they, something happens and they change and they become heroic. But they're not heroes. And so many people don't think that they have what it takes. They're not the hero. And and the people who are standing around are looking and s- s- just following the crowd. How do you get or what's happening to us to where so many people are seeing what's going on? If they know history at all, they'll understand the pitfalls. It doesn't mean we end in the same place, but we could see the patterns repeating. How do you get people to 
recognize and then have the courage to stand. You've taken a beating. Nobody wants to do that. Why is that worth it? And how do you get there? Well, I think it's worth it because the alternative, I believe the alternative is worse. I mean, that's that's why I think it's worth it. I, I think it's What's a decision that you make to stay silent when you have something to say. You know, you don't know what it is within you that 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 requires your voice, right? Because you feel I have something to say. It's like, well, where does that come from exactly? That feeling that you have something to say. You're disgruntled at work and you're choking on your own bile because the situation is not just in your estimation. You're dying to say something, but you won't. Well, you'll die if you don't say it. Maybe it's a death of a thousand cuts. I don't like deferred punishment. I'd rather take it now and keep the future clean, which is why I encourage people too to have the fights now. Don't, to, to, not to hide things in the fog for later because they grow and metastasize. It's better to confront what you need to confront when it's small and when you have some possibility of victory. <clears throat> it's a fascinating conversation. <clears throat> it lasts about an hour. You can find it now on Blaze TV. Also uh, on my YouTube channel as early as tomorrow. So make sure you go. YouTube is being suppressed. My YouTube channel, I think. I mean, I I feel like it is. Uh, of course, I have no <laughs> no evidence of that. And and gosh, YouTube completely denies that. But uh, you'll have to go out and find it yourself. It's not going to be recommended to you. Uh, and share it with a friend. It's a fascinating conversation. And we talked a little bit about what's happening in education, both locally with critical race theory and the universities. The story he talked about of the universities was phenomenal. And I'll share that with you in 60 seconds. Margaret lives in Pennsylvania, and she likes to do a lot of walking for exercise. I mean, I don't know, Margaret, why. God put wheels on office chairs for a reason. Anyway, a while back, she started suffering acute and frequent pain in her legs and lower back. At first, it just kept her from the uh, exercise walking. Then gradually, she started having difficult just walking around at all, doing basic stuff every day. Frustrated and a little afraid of her future, Margaret decided to do something about it. She heard me talking. Hi, Margaret. She heard me talking about Relief Factor on the program. She ordered the three-week trial pack just to give it a try. Same story. Makes me happy to report that she got out of pain entirely out of it, according to Margaret. She said it just took a few weeks and she was back walking for exercise daily. She got her life back and so could you. I got my life back with Relief Factor. Get your life back. ReliefFactor.com, 800-583-84, 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So Jordan Peterson had some amazing things to say about how bad it is in colleges. Don't send your kids. I told my kids the other day, there are three colleges you're allowed to apply to uh, and go. I mean, if you want dad to help you out on your college, you want to earn the money, you can go anywhere you want. You're an ad- you'll be an adult. But the three that I recommend and I will put money into uh, I feel confident that they're not going to make you into a zombie. Listen to what Jordan Peterson said about colleges. 
you want this more nuanced approach. And that was actually part of the purpose of a classical education. A humanities education was designed to give you a more nuanced view. That was its original purpose. Although that's, hmm. you know, sadly, I would Long say, gone. gone by the wayside. It looks like it. I've had these conversations recently that have been quite interesting. You know, they're very disturbing, actually. I talked to two of Canada's most outstanding people in the last two weeks, Conrad Black, who ran a huge newspaper empire, and um, Rex Murphy, who's probably Canada's best-known journalist personality, because he's both. He's a great journalist, but he's a personality as well. And they remembered their university education. Uh, Jocko Willink as well. He's not a Canadian, but he had the same kind of memory. He talked about they talked about their, edu their education in the humanities, mostly concentrating on English literature, and described it with tremendous fondness as a turning point mm -hmm. in their life, as an opening up of, of the world of knowledge to, 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 yes. to their youthful eyes, right? Very, mm -hmm. very fondly. Contrasted that with Yeon Mi Park, who was an escapee, is an escapee from North Korea, very brave woman who was then enslaved in China, had a life that was just sheer hell and spent a good part of the interview telling me how much better her life was than the lives of many people she knew. She wrote a book called In Order to Live. But the book stopped at the year 2015. So I asked her what she did. She went to Columbia, took a humanities degree, which was a dream of hers. After mm. finishing her high, her entire education in one year, her, you know, her, her education Holy prior to university. Cow. Right, exactly. Then she went to a South Korean university for three years. They're hard to get into. And then she went to Columbia. I said, what was it like going to Columbia? Taking a humanities degree from this escapee from totalitarianism who was once enslaved, got to go to one of America's august institutions and be trained in the humanities. Someone who'd been exposed to George Orwell and who was motivated to write because she read Animal Farm, understood the power of literature. She said it was a complete waste of time and money and that she was afraid to say anything. Wow. Yeah, wow. It's a hell of a thing to hear when you're a university professor. I thought, how catastrophic, how utterly catastrophic that that can be the case. She, she compared it to being in North Korea. I said, surely, surely there was one professor, one course. Do not miss a second of this podcast. You'll find it at YouTube, Glenn Beck, youtube.com slash Glenn Beck. Find it on my YouTube page. Listen to the whole thing. Share it with a friend. You can also find it right now if you're a subscriber to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you a little bit about Rough Greens. Rebecca wrote in. She lives in Ohio. She said, I have a senior golden retriever. She got to the point where she wouldn't eat dog food of any type. Holy cow. Do I understand that? Um, she was beginning to lose weight. I started making dog food at home, but I was concerned that she wasn't getting all the nutrients she needs. I'm uh, on the uh, week two of the 14-day trial. She's eating again. And now she licks the bowl for any remaining rough greens. So far, so good. Thank you, rough greens. If, if you have a picky eater, this thing is a miracle. It doesn't work for every dog. I mean, uh, you know, they want to make sure that your dog will eat it before you, you know, order a full bag of rough greens. So they'll send you the first bag free. It's just a little trial bag. You just try it for a couple of days. If your dog will eat it, then order a real bag and put it on the dog food. And it'll transform, A, a picky eater 
But now, Rebecca, you've only done it for two weeks. Watch him over the next two months. You are going to meet an entirely different dog. It's Rough Greens. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 833-GLEN33. Don't forget to use the promo code GLEN for $10 off your subscription at blazetv.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. It's Friday. Every day it's becoming easier and easier for me to show you examples of people standing up and doing the right thing and people with great courage. I'm not sure I have talked to somebody who has as much courage as uh, Jeanette uh, Shada. Jeanette is living in Beaverton, Oregon, you know, the Portland area. And she is running for school board and fighting against critical race theory in the schools. When you have Antifa threatening to kill your mayor, uh, wow, the last place I want to be is in the center of that and in politics. She is running now uh, for the um, Beaverton School Board. She's a candidate with the platform of anti-critical race theory. She was a high school English teacher at a charter school, 95% minority students. Uh, She is certified to teach English as a second language as well. She tutors students. She has worked uh, as a teacher's assistant, a group home, foster youth, substitute K through 12 school, blah, 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 blah. She's an accomplished teacher. She joins us now. Welcome, uh, Jeanette. Hi, Glenn. Thank you for having me on your show. Why? What, what has <laughs> given you the courage to be able to do this? Well, it started out with the school district not properly um, working with my son, who has a 504 plan and some mental health issues. And so I pulled him out of the Beaverton schools uh, one week before Governor Brown Um, put the shutdown on everybody because of COVID. And it was just to get his grades up. We moved from Texas just a few months prior to that. And he went from a straight A student to an F student and skipping school regularly because he didn't feel like he belonged and they weren't servicing Mm -hmm. his 504 and uh, which is against the law. Um, So as time went on, of course, we're on lockdowns. He wants to go back to a campus, and I can't mm-hmm. let him go back to a campus because schools are shut down. So along came December, and uh, this opportunity came up. I was actually thinking of going back in the classroom because I did renew my teaching credential here in Oregon. I originally got my credential in Oregon many years ago, and I um, uh, decided to run. I, I prayed about it, and this is the direction that, that I'm supposed to go. And then when we were deciding on my platform, um, I knew about critical race theory. I knew about comprehensive sexuality education. And um, I decided to run against them. I knew it was going to cause controversy, but wow, I did not know Antifa was going to start going after me. Um, There's one person in Antifa who uh, went on my Facebook page. I received a $1,000 donation from a gentleman named Ben Edel with Free Oregon. And... Mm -hmm. They started blaming me, taking money from Proud Boys, and Ben has nothing to do with the Proud Boys. He is a very uh, upstanding citizen who lost his business in downtown Portland due to Antifa riots. Uh, 
and due to uh, the sh- shutdown of Governor Brown. That is still occurring to this day. People don't understand we're still shut down in Oregon big time. And um, so Antifa started coming after me, and that just put the firestorm. And that was about two weeks ago. But, you know, when you have bullies um, t- threatening you, calling you all hours of the night, um, leaving nasty messages all over your Facebook page, what do you do? You stand up to them. And that's what I taught my students for 23 years I've been in education. You stand up to your bullies and you face them down and you say, no, you're not going to silence me. I am a human being. I deserve to have my voice heard just like you do. And if you don't like my platform, then that's okay. But we cannot have critical race theory in our schools. It is teaching racism. They're trying to get rid of racism with racism. That makes absolutely no sense to me. So that's why I decided to run. And um, it was going really well until two weeks ago. And then the teachers union started coming after me with some teachers who are staunch mm-hmm. teachers union advocates. And then one of the teachers there got a hold of one of the, her Antifa friends. And that's where the firestorm started. So now they steal my yard signs. They call me all these nasty names. And um, I'm standing strong. I'm standing against them, and people are tired. I'm out talking to people, either on the phone, through email, face-to-face at the door, and people want change. They do not want critical race theories in the, in the classroom. I had one young lady two days ago tell me she has a one- and four-year-old, and she um, wants her kids to be safe in school. She wants them to learn correct history. She wants them to be little kids, you know, learning the basics of reading, writing, arithmetic, art, music. And that's what schools are meant to be, educational facilities and not ideological camps where propaganda is pushed. And I've been in education long enough to know um, that what we're currently having is not okay. It was in the colleges. And now we have a whole generation of teachers who are indoctrinated in this. And so they brought it down to the K through 12 system and we have to stand up and fight. We cannot be silent anymore um, or our whole country is going to be in peril. We're talking to Jeanette uh, Shada. She is running for school board um, up in the, uh, in Beaverton up in the uh, Portland area. Jeanette, uh, first of all, is your family safe? I believe so. Um, I We have to be extra vigilant, of course, because Antifa um, has made some veiled threats, um, both through Facebook and through phone calls. Um, I have called the police, but they basically said unless something happens, there's nothing they can do, which is very interesting. Um, I, I support the police 100%, but it's unfortunate with how volatile Antifa is, and you just don't know what's going to happen. I'm not scared for my safety. I still go out. I still uh, block walk. I still um, do sine waves. Just Wednesday, I was doing sine waves um, on a busy intersection in in Beaverton, and uh, the same person who put out the information uh, to start this firestorm put out another post saying, oh, Jeanette Shaw is standing on this corner. Go to her. So about five Black Lives Matter people showed up, um, but we stood there anyway. And I actually talked with them. One was a 13-year-old girl, and, you know, she, she's been indoctrinated in this stuff, and it's unfortunate. They wanted to yell at me after, uh, you know, we, had a, we actually had a pretty decent conversation until 
I told them that they really need to learn the true history of the United States. And then they started yelling at me about how this mm. country is built on the backs of slaves and things like that. And I said, well, that's your opinion. And I, I stood there. Our event was 4.30 to 6.30. They showed up about 6 o'clock, and we stayed till 6.30 because I'm not going to back down. You. I'm not going to run away. Um, there are people Before we go any further, bef- bef- good for you. Uh, before we go any further, I want to make sure we get to this. Do you have enough volunteers? I don't even know how many listeners we have in in the Beaverton area, but do you have enough volunteers? Are you looking for donations? How can this audience help you? Yeah, if you go to buildbackbasics.com, you can donate there. Um, I am always looking for volunteers. I have a great volunteer um, team right now. And we have been pushing hard ever since February, and we're still pushing hard. Um, I received uh, 15 new volunteer submissions over the last week, and I do talk to every single one of them um, to make sure, you know, their, their heart is in it. And um, because it takes courage to stand and do this, even when I've been in the local news and they've seen um, the nastiness on Facebook from people. Some of these people are teachers that are teaching your children. Know. You know, they're making these vile, nasty comments. And I'm just like, come on, people. This is America. You know, if you don't like my platform, then go to the ballot box and vote. But you don't need the vitriol um, here. But buildbackbasics.com is where people can go to learn more. And uh, I do answer my phone. Um, I, now I, I let it go to voicemail a lot because I don't know the phone numbers, but I will call back mm-hmm. and people are surprised that it's me and not somebody else because I don't have a campaign manager. I'm, I'm managing my campaign. I have a very good media team that I hired um, who's handling the social media side. But um, other than that, I, it's I don't, uh, me I and don't. a few people that are backing me. I don't know if you have followed what happened in South Lake, Texas, but there's a national story about it again today. In South Lake, Texas, we had the same exact thing, and the city was yeah. kind of asleep and uh, just didn't think that critical race theory was uh, was a big deal. And then they started be calling, you know, some parents were called racist for bringing up, wait a minute, what are we teaching here? Uh, yeah. And the election, because of the strong pushback, the election uh, went in favor of those who were questioning and wanted a critical race theory out. There were three board members uh, that were voted in new on the on your platform, and they won mm-hmm. 70 to 30. Uh, and I yeah, thought that was pretty amazing. That was a county that voted for Joe Biden, by the way. Yeah, and I've been following that story, and that goes to show the silent majority. They are tired of this. Like I said, I'm out there. Um, campaigning every day and talking with people and so are my volunteers and the stories that come in. People are so tired of this. They're afraid for their children to be indoctrinated with this false narrative of if you're born white, that you are inherently racist. And if you are born of a um, brown or black skin, that you are a victim of the system. No, I taught kids of all races, all nationalities, all languages, And what I taught them is they are excellent human beings and have every opportunity in the world to pull themselves up. I had one gentleman named Pierre um, when I worked in Texas at the Alterna campus. He was in a gang life. He was half black, half white. 
And he came to me with tears down his face, not knowing what to do. He has a two-year-old, well, at the time, he had a two-year-old little girl. And um, I helped him find the opportunity to pull out to make sure that he had a better life than what his parents gave him because his parents were gang and gangs and drug dealers. And he didn't want that for himself. These kids are crying out. They want supportive adults there for them. And in America, underneath the Constitution of the United States, it's equality for all. That means we all have the opportunity to grasp onto something positive and make things of it. Yes, this country had slavery. Yes, we had racism. But you know what? The Civil Rights Movement, well, the Civil War, you know, we pulled out of slavery there. And even before then, the Founding Fathers didn't want slavery here. They tried to get rid of it in the Articles of Confederation. And then the Civil Rights Movement with Martin Luther King Jr., judge a person by the content of the character, not an immutable quality like skin color, a God-given gift that we all have. And um, now critical race theory is making a U-turn and going pre-civil rights and reinstitutionalizing racism doing the exact opposite of what it's what they're claiming it's meant to do. Jeanette, you give me great hope, and I hope there are more teachers out there and more parents out there like you that are willing to do the tough thing. You are in really uh, a dangerous situation, and we will keep you in our prayers. I would ask everybody who prays in this audience to put uh, Jeanette on her on your prayer list. Um, but uh, I. I congratulate you i uh, your election is coming up i think in what next week or the week after yeah may 18th is the last uh day by eight o'clock um but that doesn't end there when myself sarah lynn and fua get on the school board because we're running together on the same platform when we get onto the school board um that's when the real work begins because we have to undo a lot of what the superintendent rotting and this current school board has done. Um, and, and we need to get schools back to being educational facilities and not indoctrination camps that they're becoming. And everybody needs to stand up and have a voice in that. I am so glad to know you. We will call you the day after the election and hopefully have you on the, sh- on the show uh, as a victor. Um, congratulations and thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, uh, from even my family. I know they're not going to be affected directly uh, with what you're doing, but my family will be directed by your courage of standing. And I thank you so much for that, Jeanette. Um, thank that you, is, Glenn, uh, I appreciate it. That is uh, Jeanette Shada. You can find her at her website, buildbackbasics.com. All right. Let me take a minute and ask you to really think about where you see yourself in the, and your family in the next year, financially and otherwise. Okay. <laughs> kind of hard to predict, isn't it? It's, I mean, we are, that's why so many people are holding on to money. Others are just going to the casino and blowing all of the money. But um, so many people are putting it in their bank account because you can't, you don't know. All right. When you don't know, you save money. American financing will help you do just that. And I mean a lot of money. If you can refinance your mortgage, even if you're at 4%, if you can refinance your mortgage and get it down into the twos, it's going to be game-changing for your finances. If you roll in, if you have a lot of credit card debt, and it's you know 10% interest or higher, 
if you roll that in to your mortgage without resetting your mortgage, you're going to save hundreds, if not thousands or thousands of dollars every single month, depending on how much money you have in credit card bills. Please call American Financing. Do it today. See if they can help you. It's a locally owned and operated. It's a family business. Uh, I mean, they're coast to coast now, but it's still a family business with family values. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing. NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Bill O'Reilly is coming up in just a few minutes, and we we have to share uh, the the chairman of the Joint Chiefs talking about that uh, uh, the Chinese rocket launcher crashing to Earth. <laughs> yeah, there's not really. We don't have any plans. Uh, yeah. You know, if it's going to come over the United States and hit us, are we going to blow it out of the sky? No, nah, nah, we don't have any plans. We're, no plans for that. We're hoping that it's going to land in the ocean. Yeah, we're hoping. Oh. Or someplace we're like hoping. that. Right, okay, okay. Mm. All right, well, I'm hoping that the country doesn't <laughs> collapse under this pressure, too, but I think we should do something about it. This is the Glenn Beck Program.